Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 to 18. Exodus 14, verses 10 to 18. Now, in this passage, you have three different um, sets of people, three different uh, distinctions between what is being said here. In verses 10 through 12, you have the people of Israel speaking. In verses 13 to 14, you have Moses speaking. In verses 15 to 18, you have God speaking. So you have three different distinct people speaking. They all say something different. And it's to take note as I read this, the tone and the, the way and the attitude that these, diff- that these uh, different sets of people say uh, what they're saying. In verses 10 to 12, you have the people of Israel. In verses 13 to 14, you have, God, you have Moses. In verses 15 to 18, you have God. And they all have something different to say, and they all say it in a different way, in a different tone. And it's a, a great reflection on their spiritual state, and great reflection on their spiritual maturity as we go through and read this. So starting in Exodus chapter 14, starting verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, so we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness? And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, Stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And look at verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Now if you notice in verses 10 through 12, when the children of Israel were speaking, First off, we see they were sore afraid. We see they were living by sight, lifted their eyes, they were living by sight. They're sore afraid. They cried out to the Lord. They complained unto the Lord. And then they basically complained to Moses and told him, you were wrong for bringing us here. We were right. We should have stayed in Egypt. And better to stay in Egypt than die here. They totally lost all faith, all hope. And they were throwing blame onto Moses. But Moses responds and tells him, fear not. Don't be afraid. Stand still, toughen up, stiffen up, and see the salvation the Lord will show you today. And he says, the Egyptians, you've seen today, you're not going to see them more. The Lord will fight for you. Now hold your peace. And then God says unto Moses, speak unto Israel that they go forward. God's wanting them to go forward. They need to go forward. They need to trust me. They need to have faith in me. They need to follow me. They need to go forward with their life. And then he tells them how to go about doing that, how to go about leading them there 
and he want, the Lord wants them to go forward, also they can help bring glory to him. He says, I am the Lord. I have got me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. Now the sole purpose of man is to bring glory to the Lord. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So we are all to bring glory to God. And here we see this whole incident, this whole passage over the Red Sea, God is using it to bring glory to him. He's using it to help free his people. He wants to develop their faith in him, develop their trust in him, use Moses as their leader, but he wants to point glory to himself through this passage. And now we're going to look at our message, and that is the title of our message, Character for the Crossing. Character for the Crossing. Remember, there's three different sets of people speaking. You have these uh, Israelites they're doubting, they're complaining, they're, they think they know better than Moses. And you have Moses intervening for them, trying to lead them, trying to encourage them, trying to get them to go forward. And then we have God telling Moses, their leader, these people, they need to go forward. They've got to get on with their life. They've got to get past this fear. They've got to trust me. They've got to have faith in me. They've got to go forward and fulfill the purpose in their life of bringing glory to me. Well, therefore, ye to drink whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. We all are to bring glory to God. So let's look at verses 13 and 14 again. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Moses and Israelites, Israelites in Exodus chapter 14 learned an important character lesson of living by trust and faith in God versus living by sight or living by their own logic or their own thinking. They learned, along with many other truths through this perilous event, that if you trust God wholly and completely, he will not let you down that they go forward. They needed to go forward. They needed to go forward with their lives and not faint in this present circumstance they found themselves in. They did not also not to dwell on the past, but they needed to trust God and move forward with their life. And we are going to look at several character truths learned both by Moses and the Israelites in this account found in Exodus chapter 14 of their crossing of the Red Sea which it can apply to our lives so that we too can go forward or move forward in the direction God is for us. We will examine how living by sight contrasts with living by faith. Do we live a faith-filled life or do we live a sight-filled life? Ask yourself that question. Do I live a faith-filled life or do I live a sight-filled life? Are we going forward in our life? Or perhaps are we just treading water and not trusting God to see us through to the other side of this, of this situation? Am I moving forward in my life? Am I trusting God or am I just treading water and not moving forward to, to get to the other side of this problem, to get to the other side of this situation? Now I want you to notice the setting we find ourselves in in this passage. The setting of this text is when the Israelites, led by Moses, have finally left Egypt and are being chased by Pharaoh. 
They are on the edge of the Red Sea, and the Egyptians are at their back, and the Red Sea is in front of them. They appear to be in a no-win, no-alternatives situation. No hope. No way we can win this. There's no alternatives. We're stuck. The worst is going to happen. Now, the Israelites at this moment, along with Moses, are going through an extremely stressful situation, a hard time. And you can imagine how stressful and how hard this is on them. And we're going to learn some principles from God's word from this passage to help us make it through these stressful, difficult, hard times in our life too. First, living by sight. First part of verse 10 in Exodus chapter 14. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. The Israelites were living by sight. And what they saw was on one side the Egyptian army marching toward them, and on the other side was the Red Sea. As far as they could see, they were in a no-win situation. There's no way we can get out of this. We are trapped. We have the Red Sea on one side. We have the Egyptian army on the other side. We're, we're, we're done for. This is it. This is the end. We knew we should have not listened to Moses. We knew we knew better than him. Complaining to God, crying out to God, complaining to Moses, telling him that they knew better than him, and that they followed him anyway. So they're just in this situation. But are we to live by our sight? Or are we to live, and are we to live by our vision? They were living by their sight right now. They were just seeing what was all around them. They weren't having trust in God. They weren't having faith in God. They are living totally by sight. Are we to live our lives by sight? Are we to live our lives by our vision? No. No, we are not. We should just trust in the Lord by faith to see us through all of our no-win situations and watch how he can miraculously snatch victory time and time again from the jaws of defeat. Time and time again, we'll be in situations we think are hopeless. There's no way this situation will work out for the good. But God can always work it out for the good. So instead of living by sight, we need to learn, we need to apply, and we need to live by faith. We need to live by faith instead of living by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We as Christians, we as the children of God, are to walk by faith and not walk by sight. To walk by faith is to live in the confident expectation of things that are to come to pass just as the Lord wills them. At just the moment, He wills them. The Lord is always on time. Those that don't live by faith are only influenced by things they see. They will live for wealth, for personal honor, for gain, for acquiring objects, for friends. The Christian, on the other hand, is to have a firm conviction on the reality of an unseen God, of a Savior, of a God that holds the whole world in His right hand, and we are to live by this faith, and not by our sight of temporal things, but by our faith in our eternal God and His love and care for His children. We are to live by faith and not by sight. So character, truth, number one. Character principle, number one. God may mean for you to be right where you are. Sometimes obedience to Christ puts you in the middle of trouble. If you turn with me to Acts chapter 7, read verses 54 to 60. Acts 7, 54 to 60. And we're going to see how this truth 
applies in this situation. Acts 7, 54 to 60. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, and was standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now going back to that one, character principle number one. God may mean for you to be right where you are. Sometimes obedience to Christ puts you in the middle of trouble. So what does living by sight and not by faith lead to? We just examine living by sight. So what does living by sight and not by faith lead to? What does this living by sight lead to in your life? First off, it leads to fear. Exodus 14.10b says, And they were sore afraid. Fear is a result of living by sight and not living by faith. If we are living by sight, we will have fear because, number one, we do not trust our circumstances to God and his control. And number two, we cannot see things from his perspective. We don't trust God with our circumstances. We don't trust God. Everything's under his control. And we cannot see things from his perspective. So we are going to have fear. Living by sight and not by faith leads to a fearful existence. Leads to fear in our life. And the Bible tells us the spirit of fear does not come from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If God does not give us a spirit of fear, then who does? A.B. Simpson, an old Canadian preacher from the early 20th century, said this about fear. Fear is born of Satan. And if, he would only, and if we would only a moment, we would see that everything Satan says is founded upon a falsehood. Fear is born of Satan. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Fear is... The spirit of fear does not come from God, it comes from Satan. So if you have a problem with fear and worry, take it to the Lord. He can help you overcome that. He can help you overcome that spirit of fear. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. You need deliverance from your fears, deliverance from your worries. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me, and delivered me from all my my fears. Now, character principle number two. Remain calm and stay confident in your situation you find yourself in and give God time and room to work. Sometimes that situation isn't going to come, isn't going to be fixed right away. Sometimes that circumstance isn't going to be changed immediately. Sometimes we're going to have to wait on God. Remain calm and stay confident in your situation you find yourself in and give God time and room to work. Remember what Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. It doesn't say all things work together for good instantly to them that love God, but it says all things work together to good for them that love God. 
So what does living by sight and not by faith lead to? Number two, it leads to complaining. First we see fear, then complaining. Exodus 14.10c says, And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Having a complaining spirit is a result of living by faith and not by sight. Having a complaining spirit displeases God. Numbers 11.1 says, When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. The Lord does not like a complaining spirit. If you have a complaining spirit, you need to examine yourself and repent of this sin and turn back to the Lord. Lamentations 3, 39-40 says, Wherefore doth a, a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? It leads to complaining spirit. So this gets us to character principle number three. We need to be more concerned with God's glory in the situation than complaining about our current circumstances in the situation. I remember back in the introduction, I talked about how three different people spoke. People of Israel were complaining about the situation. Moses was trying to lead them through the situation. And God was wanting the work situation to bring glory to him. So instead of complaining about our situation, look how that situation can be used to bring glory to God. So whatever we do, whatever situation that we're in, whatever we, wherever we find ourselves, we are to bring glory to God. The people of Israel weren't doing that. They were focused on self, focused on living by sight. They were complaining. Moses was trying to lead them, and God was trying to lead them and use them to bring glory to to him. So character principle number three, we need to be more concerned with God's glory in the situation than complaining about our current circumstances in the situation. Psalm 148.13 says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. We are to give God glory, bring God glory, and direct glory to God in all we do. Even in going through difficult, seemingly no-win circumstances or situations, we are to bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So what does living by sight and not by faith lead to? Next, it leads to doubting godly leadership that is in our life. It leads to doubting godly leadership that is in our life. Exodus 14.11 And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? They were doubting Moses. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us so? To carry us forth out of Egypt. Doubting godly leadership can be a result of living by sight and not living by faith. The Bible tells us that people who have doubting spirits are unstable in all their ways. James 1.6 But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. This doubting by the Israelites of Moses' leadership took a sarcastic and disrespectful tone. Living by sight can not only lead someone to doubt the godly leadership in their life, but also to start disrespecting that godly leadership as well. This doubting of godly leadership will lead to ungratefulness and forgetfulness of what that leader has done in their life. Once one lets this sin of doubting and questioning godly leadership in their life, it can be hard to get a lasting victory over it. It may plague you again and again. 
Exodus 16.2, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. So character principle number four. Acknowledge our true enemy, of which godly leaders are not, and keep our eye on God. Don't let the sin of doubting God or doubting those who are trying to help us creep into our life. We need to be on guard for that. Romans 8.31 What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So what does living by sight and not by faith lead to? Next, thinking our wisdom is better than God's. Look at this, Exodus 14, verse 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? We knew better. We told you so, Moses. Is not this word that we did tell thee? We told you so, Moses. Saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Told you so, Moses. Now look where we're at. Egyptians are on one side, Red Sea on the other side. We're done. We're goners. We told you so. Thinking our wisdom is better than God's. What living by sight, not by faith, lead to? Thinking our wisdom is better than God's. Thinking we know better than God on how to handle a situation is a result of living by sight and not by faith. We need to learn to trust in God's wisdom and quit thinking we know better. If God is leading us in a certain direction, trust Him and go in that direction. Don't think you thought of something God must not have considered or He would not have led you in that direction. Nothing ever surprises God. God knows all the facts of the situation. Nothing ever slips His mind. If God is leading, just simply submit and follow. Proverbs 3, 5-8 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thine navel, and marrow to thy bones. Living by sight means we are relying on our own flesh. And the flesh can be impatient, and not willing to wait for God's timing of deliverance. We will not be able to understand God's timing or God's reasons as to why things seem delayed or not answered the way we would like. Isaiah 55:89 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts and your thoughts. We're not always going to grasp the situation, not always going to understand why things keep getting delayed and delayed and a seemingly non-answer happening. We're not going to understand it. And the Lord tells us that. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Charles Haddon Spurgeon had this comment on Exodus 14, 12 about this unbelief of the Israelites, about this thinking they know better. He said this, This unbelief was both unjust and cruel. Had they not seen the Lord's work in the great plagues, could they not believe that he who had wrought such marvels could and would deliver them? They were smitten with panic and were willing to return to bondage. Whereas true freemen never debate which of the two to choose, slavery or death. Character principle number five. We need to make sure not to think that we know better than God. We need to just trust God to deliver in his own unique way and in his own timing. God's timing and God's way is always the best. Romans 11.33 Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out.
So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? So we just examined what does living by sight, not by faith, lead to. So now let's flip that coin, flip it over, get the other perspective. What does living by faith and not by sight lead to? I want you to notice this, a lack of fear. Number one, a lack of fear. Now living by sight, the first thing we looked at, it led to fear. Now living by faith, the first thing I want you to notice, it leads to a lack of fear. Exodus 14, 13a, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Moses was living by faith, and he knew with God on their side there was no need to fear. So Moses exhorted the Israelites to to not fear their current circumstances. Fear ye not. Living by faith leads to a lack of fear. Psalm 23 tells us to what extent we are not to have fear as long as God is with us. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because God is with us, we have no need to fear. Living a life by faith means we live a life lacking fear. If you think about it for a moment, we really have nothing to fear as a Christian. We are, if we are saved, in God's hand. And what can man do to us that God has not ordained to happen if we are in God's hand? If something happens to us, God is, is allowing that to be part of our life, to help us. Everything God gives us is a good gift, whether we think it's a good gift or not at the time. So we have nothing to fear because we are in God's hand. John 10, 28, 29 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And if God is allowed to happen, or cause it to happen, we know it is a good gift for us. Even though we may not see how it is good, from God's perspective, it is. James 1, 16-17 says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Character principle number six. We need to learn to exercise faith. And we, when we are not sure, we should just take the next logical step, trust God, and go forward. So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? Next, I want you to notice confidence in your position. Confidence in your position. Exodus 14, 13b says, stand still, stand still, confidence in your position. Moses told the Israelites to stand still. Moses was confident in their position. As long as they had God on their side, they were good. They were, they were safe, stand still. As long as they were living by faith, they could have confidence of their position or confidence in God in their circumstance. Moses is trying to give them confidence by showing his own confidence in the Lord. If you're living by faith, you need to testify of the confidence you have in your position and circumstance to your family, to your friends, to all those around you. You need to do what you can to influence others to have this confidence in God as well. Character principle number seven. Envision God's presence with you in your current circumstance and have confidence in your position with him, and demonstrate this confidence to those around you who don't yet possess it. Matthew 28, 20. 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, teaching them to observe all things. If you have confidence in the Lord, teach that confidence in the Lord to those around you, to those in your sphere of influence. Teach them that we can have faith in the Lord, faith in our current position, faith in our current circumstance in the Lord, and have confidence in Him. So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? Next thing I want you to notice, it leads to seeing the hand of the Lord working in your life. It leads to seeing to the hand of the Lord working in your life. Exodus fourteen thirteen. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Seeing God at work in our life, and seeing answers to prayer are both results of living a life of faith, and not a life based on our sight. Seeing God at work in our life, and seeing answers to prayer are both the results of living a life of faith and not a life based on our sight. God's hand is at work in your life. Have faith and trust his sovereignty over your life. Philippians 2.13 For if God, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Moses and Israelites were about to see the almighty hand of God at work on their behalf on a monumental scale. It is an exciting thing to see God at work in your life. You need to make sure you are living by faith. You do not want to miss out on a mighty blessing from God. God is our Heavenly Father. We need to stand still and have confidence in His ability to do anything or meet any need we have. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So character principle number eight, living by faith gives, the us, gives us the opportunity to see firsthand God at work in our life. A result of seeing at work is that we get more energized and more encouraged to keep living a life of faith for him. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? Next thing I want you to notice, the Lord will fight our battles for us. Living by faith and not by sight leads to the Lord fighting our battles for us. Exodus 14, 14a, the Lord shall fight for you. What a great thought. What a great part of that verse. The Lord shall fight for you. Don't try to fight your own battles with circumstances, with others, or with the flesh. Call on God. And he will fight those battles for you and with you. This fact is a great result of living by faith and not living by sight. The Lord will be with you in the heat of the battle. He will fight for you in the battles of your life on your behalf. Deuteronomy 24, The Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. But the fact that the Lord is fighting for you, we need to remember to give him the glory for victories. Because it was not us, it was him that did it. Point all glory to God, because we are to bring glory to God in everything we do. Never was a Hebrew leader ever been tried as much as Moses was at this point. He was exposed to danger coming quickly at them from Pharaoh's army. He had no obvious or visible way of escape or defense. He had the multitude under him getting very frightened. They were questioning God's leadership, questioning his leadership, complaining. Can you imagine the stress Moses was under at this point? But he did not lose hope. He did not get discouraged. 
Instead, he confidently rallied his people and told them that deliverance was coming. Now Moses, with this stress in his life, he did not lose hope. He did not get discouraged. He confidently rallied his people and told them deliverance was coming. How do we handle stressful situations that aren't even near this level of stress as Moses had? Do we stay calm? Do we keep faith? Do we keep hope? Do we rally those around us? saying deliverance is coming, we're going to get through this. Or do we get discouraged? Do we complain? Moses had the amount of stress probably a million times greater than any of us could possibly have in his life at this point than we will have at different points in our life. And he didn't lose hope. He didn't get discouraged. He still had confidence in the Lord, still had faith in the Lord, and said, we're going to get through this. God is going to deliver us. So why didn't Moses get discouraged? He had the presence of God, and he was living by faith in God and trusting in God for deliverance, though neither he nor anyone else could see any possibility of it coming at that moment. We can keep from living in discouragement by living the faith life. Character principle number nine, you will be greatly tested. You will be greatly stressed. Just make sure to not lose your faith and confidence in God. How do we do that? We use the small situations as faith builders to help us with the next one and with the next one. To when we face the giant of a faith-testing circumstance, we have already learned to always and confidently trust in God for deliverance. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Romans 4.20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Are we staggering under those tests, those stressful situations? Or are we staggering not at the promise of God, relying on Him to get us through that stress, that, that pressure, that terrible circumstance, and just confidently going through it with Him, trusting His deliverance? So what does living by faith and not by sight lead to? Next, I want you to notice it leads to peacefulness, peace in your life. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Ye shall hold your peace. Not get agitated. Not get worked up. Hold your peace. You'll have peace if you let the Lord work in your life. Let the Lord work it out. A sense of peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of great trial and stress, is what comes from living a life by faith and not by sight. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace. Peace comes by living a life by faith and not a life by sight. The next point is moving forward in our life with the Lord and for the Lord. We need to move forward with our life with the Lord and for the Lord. Exodus 14, 15, The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. God wants us to keep moving forward in our life. Keep following him. Keep faith in him. Keep reaching for what he wants us to eventually attain. The end result of living a life of faith in God is moving forward with and for the Lord. The Lord wants us to be constantly moving forward in our walk with him. He wants us to be constantly growing in him. God does not want us to rest and be content where we are in our walk with Him, but He wants us to be maturing in our knowledge and walk with Him. The Lord desires for us to move past the milk of the Word and onto the meat of the Word. Hebrews 5.12, For a time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, 
which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. He wants us to move past that milk of the word. He wants us to move on to the meatier things of the word. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him. He wants us to move forward in our Christian walk. Move forward in our faith. We should always be striving to conquer new challenges, take new ground for his kingdom. We should never come to a place where we think we have arrived as Christians. Because if we do, we are no longer living by faith. We'd be living by sight. We need to make sure we are always growing in the Lord. Always moving forward in our Christian walk. Seeking the things of the Lord. We should never quit trying to become more like Christ. Colossians 3.1 If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Speak unto to the children of Israel that they go forward. Are you going forward for the Lord? Speak unto the children of Israel God's concern. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. God's concern was his children going forward for him. Are you going forward for the Lord? God performed the great miracle in the parting of the Red Sea, and Moses and his Israelites went over on dry ground. Pharaoh and his army were destroyed. God can perform a great miracle in our life too. We need to commit to living a life by faith and not living a life by sight. We need to commit to developing godly character. We need to commit to going forward for Christ. We should not give God any excuses or reasons why he cannot use us. Instead, we need to be living by faith now. And watch just how God can use us in so many different ways, so many different ministries, so many different circumstances in the future. We should always keep our thinking that our that the Lord is in control of our life. He sometimes may bring circumstances or trials in our life for a purpose or for a reason. God controls a chain of events from start to finish with the goal in mind to help his children to be constantly doing one thing for him. He will bring about events so that they go forward, we go forward, you go forward in your Christian walk, just like it says in the last part of verse 15. Are you going forward for Christ? Are you letting God lead you? Are you letting God develop you so he can use you in a particular ministry in the future? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Are you going forward for the Lord? Yeah.